Today we're going to be looking at the Gospel of Luke, starting with chapter 9 and then flipping to Luke 18, uh, the Gospel of Luke, if you want to turn there with me. And um, here's the great thing, boys and girls, as you were doing that, and of course, um, you were all giving every 10 seconds, you were kind of given a tithe of your materials, which uh, we have our church here, okay, and which is exactly what people did in order for our church that we currently exist in uh, to come about. Uh, people gave part of what they earned and part of what they had, uh, money that would have gone to boats or cars or houses or into the bank, and they chose to invest that. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. You know, the title is The Biggest Loser Wins. And many of you have seen that show on TV where uh, someone who weighs a lot, uh, the, the one who weighs a lot and loses the most, uh, wins this prize. You know, they win money or whatever. And it's based on the principle of losing, which is interesting with the gospel. If you go back, uh, this passage right here, Luke chapter 9, beginning with verse 23, uh, is the most quoted passage, that, uh, or the most quoted saying that Jesus used. Now, it comes in different forms, and he doesn't always say it in these exact words, but he always says something of this instance. It says, if anyone would come after me and deny himself, let him take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find life. Basically, Jesus is saying, he who loses his life wins. Now, if you go back and you look at the gospel, if we look at the Old Testament, how were people forgiven in the Old Testament? How did they have their sins dealt with? Well, an animal had to lose its life in order for forgiveness in life to be granted to those uh, who, who had sinned. We come to the New Testament. How is forgiveness granted? How is life issued? It's through Jesus Christ. Jesus, the perfect Son of God, died upon the cross. And through His death, through Him losing His life, life is given to us. For all who would call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so we're given that opportunity. But in each case, a loss of life occurs. Now we come to our lives. Jesus has already paid for our sins. But the way we are to live is by losing our life. In other words, by giving our life completely to God. Everything that we are, everything that we own becomes the, the property in a sense of God. We're basically giving it back to him because that's where it came from to begin with. And that's the principle that Jesus teaches here, the giving of our life. And, of course, in our culture today in the Flower Mound area, it's materials and money. That's primarily what we give. You know, back then they may have given crops. Uh, they may have given different things. But for us, we work on the currency financially of things and of money and of credit uh, in our culture today. So how do we handle that? Well, there's a story here. In, Matthew, in Luke chapter 18 that I think merits us reading today. Uh, Luke chapter 18, beginning with the 18th verse. And the Bible says, this is the story of the rich young ruler. And, you know, in our, on our money today, if I were to pull out a coin uh, or a dollar bill, there's the emblem that says, in God we trust. And I think that's always a great question for Christians to ask. By the way, if you were a child... Uh, between the ages of, let's say, 3 and 16, you came in this morning. If you did not get a roll of nickels, would you let me know? Just raise your hand right now. Did everybody get a roll of nickels, every child? 
uh, every child. Okay, there's a few uh, almost children over here and a couple here, uh, our Bible drill people, and one over there. If so if you didn't get one, just raise your hand real high because we won't be able to give you one if we don't know who you are. Okay? Thank you so much. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But here in this illustration, this story right here in Luke chapter 18, verse 18, a certain ruler asked Jesus, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Matter of fact, in Mark's gospel, it says a rich young ruler. We know that he is doing very well at this point in life. And um, he comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, I, I recognize you. You are a good guy. You're a great guy, and I, I thought I was a pretty good guy, but you're a great guy, and I want to know, what do I have to do to make sure I have eternal life? I'm, I'm really trying to be good. And Jesus said, it's interesting how many times he uses the word good. He says, good teacher. By the way, it's interesting, C.S. Lewis said, we're not really given that option of simply calling Jesus a good teacher. Uh, we have to make the decision whether he is a liar and whom he deceived people, or he was a crazy man, a lunatic, or he's Lord, because he claimed to be God. So either he's lying about that, or he was crazy, or he's Lord. But this gentleman thanks Jesus of Jesus as a good teacher. And so Jesus says, why do you call me good? Why are you calling me good? He challenges him on this. You see, it's not a matter of good, it's a matter of being God. He said, why do you call me good? And Jesus said, you know, by your standards, it's really perfection. If you want to know about eternal life, you know, no one alone is good except God. You know, the commandments do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness or give a false testimony. Honor your father and mother. And he said, you know what? I've done all this since I was a boy. I've kept all of these. I'm really a good guy. And I just want to make sure I'm being the best guy I can be. I'm really, really good. And his heart was that of goodness, of wanting to do what was good and, and probably be recognized as well. And in the principle that we just talked about, Jesus has quoted earlier, you know what, if you want to come follow me, here's what you have to do. You have to deny yourself. And you have to take up your cross and follow me. And he who seeks to save his life and keep it will lose it. But he who loses his life for my sake will find life. Jesus has been preaching this message. And this man says, no, what? What do I need to add? I'm not interested in losing. What can I add? And he said, well, I've, I've done all the royals. I've done all the laws. And Jesus looked at him and said, you think you have. You think you're, good. you're kind of bearing false witness right now. You think that you've really been good. If you think you're really good, and if that's the way you want to go about this, let's just do a little litmus test here. I want you to take all that you have and I want you to give it away to the poor. I want you to take all of your money and I want you to give it away. The Bible says this man had a lot. He was young and he had a lot of money. I thought that was more money until I stuck it in there. But he had a lot of, he had a lot of money. And when Jesus asked him that, he goes, he was sad. The Bible says he was sad and he walked away because he didn't want to give it away. I mean, he worked hard to get that, and I can't just give it to you, Jesus. I can't give this away. I got to keep this. But I'd be real interested in um, maybe doing something else, but not. That, that's just not going to happen. 
And the Bible said he walked away sad because he had much. Because he had a lot. He was unwilling. Jesus pierced him right at the heart. What is it that you're devoted to? Are you devoted to yourself? Are you devoted to your stuff? Or are you going to be devoted to me? There's three places your devotion can flow. What about it? Well, that's why we gave you these nickels this morning. There are, does anybody know how many nickels in a roll? Four, it's two dollars, which are 40 nickels. And so, uh, also we gave you some envelopes this morning, boys and girls. Uh, many of you who've been through Steps to Peace, through Steps to Peace, or you've been through, um, Crown Financial, you know the envelope system. Uh, but there are three envelopes there for you, and this is just a good little lesson. You also, you know, the way we do it with Brock is, uh, we have a bank here, and, uh, it says his, on one, you can get these, you can order these if you want it, but the paper's cheaper. Uh, it says church, and then it says, uh, store and bank. Um, the store is empty, it's always empty. Um, and so it's just a way to divide it. And so we've got three little envelopes right here for you, and the first one says church. And uh, so what you could do, boys and girls, I encourage you to do this. If you want to talk to your parents right now or during this service, you can talk to them. I'm used to people talking while I'm preaching. So, um, But you can just take at least four nickels. You may want to do four. You may want to do six. You may do however many you want, and you put it in there. And then at the end of the service, you can take those nickels out and drop those in the offering basket. And then I would encourage you to take a couple of nickels, a few nickels, whatever you and your parents decide, and to put that away in the savings. You know, even as a church, we have an amount of savings in case something happened here at our church. We have what we call an operating reserve that uh, sustains us in case anything happened that it was unprepared. And so that's a wise thing to do. And then the third one is the expenses or the spend. And um, I know if you're six, you don't have a lot of expenses right now, uh, but it's what you spend money on. And so I encourage you uh, to use that system, and it's something you can use, easily use at home. And the principle here is that we recognize that everything that we have has been given to us by God. That was the problem with the rich young ruler. It was already God's, but he didn't recognize that. He didn't understand that principle. He didn't believe that if God, if, if he gave that away, that it would ever even be replaceable. But that's not the way the economy of God works. As a matter of fact, it's not the way it works. You know, it's interesting is, Everybody was giving Legos here. Some had more Legos than others. Some had bigger Legos than others. Some had different colored Legos. But they all gave a portion of their Legos. Let me show you another story. We see in this instance that this man wanted to keep it. But another story in Luke chapter 15, just a couple of chapters earlier. And you don't have to turn to this. You've heard it before. It's Luke chapter 15, the prodigal son. Chapter uh, chapter 15, verse 11. And Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. And he got a lot of rolls and nickels at this point. And not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had had. And he set off for a different, uh, different distant country. And there he spent and squandered all of his money in wild living. He basically took all of his nickels and he goes, there's a party over there. Uh, there's, there's another party over here. Here's some things I'm going to get. I'll just get, I'll just do whatever I want to. And he, 
He went through and he spent all of his nickels. First guy wanted to keep all his nickels. The second guy wanted to spend all his nickels. So he did. And then the Bible says he found himself with nothing as a beggar. You know, there's three things that we can always do with our money, boys and girls, and men and women for that matter. Uh, we can spend it. That's what this gentleman did. He spent it all. And a lot of people still do that today. And we primarily do that through a system called credit cards. Uh, we can just spend, 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 or we can save it. And that's a good thing to save a portion of your money, or you can invest it. So you can spend it, you can save it, or you can invest it. Those are the options that we're given. Now, I want to show you an example right here. You know, we love strawberries at our house. As a matter of fact, I had some strawberries this morning, and um, I set some strawberries out for my children. And uh, we always encourage them to brush their teeth. Uh, and I think that's a great thing to do. But what if the priority was this? What if we, or it's 10 minutes before bed and my children and myself included, what if we run and we have toothbrush and we, we brush our teeth for just a second. Then we take some toothpaste, which that's always kind of tart. And then for the last eight or nine minutes, we just eat strawberries. Mmm. Then we just keep eating strawberries. Because they're good. And then we go to sleep. What's the problem with that? The problem is, is we got a, I got it out of order. It doesn't do me a lot of good to just brush my teeth uh, without any toothpaste, then put some toothpaste in my mouth, and then eat something that's really sweet, which is great, which God created for us, which is wonderful to have, and then go to sleep. Because that has sugar, and it sits on my teeth, and eventually I'll get cavities, and if I don't deal with those, my teeth will fall out, okay? So, there's nothing wrong with strawberries. The problem was the priority of the strawberries. Where do I decide to eat them and when do I decide to eat them? And in what quantity even do I decide to eat them? So, the proper thing would have been to do, would I would have enjoyed some strawberries, then I would have put some toothpaste on my toothbrush, and then I would have brushed my teeth. And that's simply a matter of exercising the proper order and the proper priorities. And when we look at what God has given to think, first of all, I want to give a portion of what God has given me back to Him. Secondly, what do I need to save? And thirdly, how can I spend? It's about doing things in the right order. So we go back to our original verse, which was Luke chapter 9, verse 23. He who seeks to save his life will lose it, but he who loses his life for my sake, she'll find it. Now, what are a couple of ways, even as adults, that we can apply this principle? Now, I was trying to think of some very simple ways. And I remember Fulton Sheen, who was a Catholic priest, said, one of the things you ought to strive to do every day is to just tell your flesh no, at least once a day. That may be a cappuccino. Uh, that might be watching television. Uh, that might uh, be something else, um, something you're going to buy. But at least once a day, you ought to practice the art of denying yourself something. Not because it's all bad, but because you want to have control over your flesh. And we all know that's a valid principle. It's called self-discipline. So it's a good principle. Another principle that's good for us to practice is to try to share something each day. Try to either put something back to be given later or to share something that we have. What do you have that you're totally unwilling to share? 
then we're kind of, when you have something that you're not willing to share that's an example of the rich young ruler, what is it that you own that you would never let anyone else touch or share? What do you have? What do you share? Are you one of those people that when you go into a, a restaurant or to a convenience store that uh, when you see them, the pennies and the nickels, you take them, but you never put any in. You know what I mean? You kind of have that men- mentality that I'm a taker, but I don't give. Part of that's a condition of our heart, and part of that is something that we teach our children as they see us give. And thirdly, uh, it's important, I think, for us to learn to give without having to always be recognized. That principle, teaching our children to give and to help people and to help others without being recognized. He who seeks to save his life loses it. But he who loses his life for my sake shall find it. The Bible says, Jesus quoted, matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, he said that where your treasure is, your heart will follow. There will be your heart. A lot of times people will say, where your heart is, there's your treasure. No, Jesus said actually the opposite. He said, whatever you invest in, whatever you put your money into, whatever you put your heart into, then that's where your heart will follow. It's a discipline. It's a principle that God has asked us to observe. There was a monk one time, and a monk is basically a, a holy man who lives in a monastery, lives in a place, and he primarily prays and, and seeks to help people. And uh, one day, when this monk was out uh, digging in the garden and planting, he found this beautiful diamond. He brought it back, and he cleaned it all up, And it was beautiful. It was dazzling. And he carried it around with him. And one day, a beggar came to him, a beggar who was obviously extremely hungry and extreme need, and asked if the monk had any food or anything that he could give him. And the monk thought about it for a second, and he took the diamond out of his pocket, and he gave it to the beggar. The beggar was stunned. He didn't even know what to do. He just stood there speechless. And the monk began to walk off. And as he's walking off, the beggar came chasing him. And he said, I, ha- I want you to give me something else. He goes, I can't give you anything else. I don't own anything else. He goes, yes, you do. He goes, no, I, I really don't. I've given you all I have. He goes, no, what I want is whatever it is that you have that enabled you to give me such a wonderful gift. That's what Jesus is talking about in Matthew 6 when he says, so let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven. When we give, when we share, when we are examples of sacrifice, then it is so enticing to those who don't know Christ. As they begin to to wonder and, and as they begin to see what we really value and where our treasure really is. What about you this morning? What are you doing with the treasure that you have? What are you investing in? What are you doing with the time, money, and resources that God has given you? Are you simply spending it? Are you saving as much as you can? Or are you investing some of it? I challenge you to be an investor this day in the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this time together this morning. And thank you for this simple, but Lord, uh, so true and strong uh, truth that you have presented in your word that we are stewards of what you've given. We are to be managers of everything you're given. And Lord, as you call for it, Lord, we are to give it. And that we find life as we lose it, as we let it go, as we let it flow from us. Let us not be 
young, rich rulers, Father. Let us not be examples of the, the young son who just simply spent, but let us be found as faithful servants of yours with all that you have given for all that you have done for us. In your name I pray.